Well, as we move to the book of 2 Peter, we're reminded that every pastor is in the reminding business. And Peter was no exception. He had been challenged by the Lord Jesus Christ to shepherd his people. And that's what Peter was doing as he writes 2 Peter. He's giving us friendly reminders. Man, we all need them. Today we have technology. It used to be you'd use a sticky note to remind yourself of something. Now you can just speak a reminder into your phone. But how we need spiritual reminders to remember who we are, what kingdom we represent, and who it is that we serve. We'll look at that in more depth in 2 Peter chapter 1 today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. 2 Peter 3.18 is the theme verse. But grow in the grace and knowledge. Are you growing? First, you got to ask, do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship? When Christians talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, this is what we're talking about. Do you know him? I'm not asking you if you know a set of facts. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you've been baptized. Those are all wonderful things. I'm asking you, do you know him? And if you know him, you know that you know him. Amen? You see, his spirit bears witness with our spirit. And this is, you could call it subjective experience. But it's something that happens on the inside. I know that I know him. I've been born again to a living hope. I'm in his family. I want to grow. I'm trying to grow. There's things that I can do that help that growth. But his divine power, look at verse 3. God's dunamis power has granted to us everything that we need for this, I would argue, this new life, the new creation in Christ, and godliness, which means a God-centered life or a God-dominated life, through the true knowledge of him. This goes back to the epinosis. The, you got to have the right God, the right knowledge of him, who called us by his own glory and excellence. He called you. You responded to the call. Now you're in. So think about a baby. What does a baby need to grow? Nourishment, time, schooling, experience, life lessons, training, discipline, failure, success. These can all contribute to growth. So God can work all things together for good, for your growth. And I'm sure that if you know that you've been born again, and you've been on this journey for a while, you've probably experienced everything I just read (laughs) multiple times. That's how you grow. For by these, look at verse four, he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises in order that by them you might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption or decay that is in the world by lust. God has given us, by his divine power, everything we need. He's given us this true knowledge, and he has given us, verse 4, he has granted us precious and magnificent promises. The word precious is an interesting word because it speaks of that which is beyond even calculation. It, 
It speaks of something that's of great value. I remember John Corson was talking about a daughter, his daughter that died. And they were cleaning out a closet in their home and they came across a lock of hair from their daughter that had been bagged for something that she was involved in. And he said the only word that they could think of in finding the lock of hair of a daughter that has now gone into heaven was the word precious. Do you know the big fisherman, this big studly fisherman, Peter, used the word precious over and over again. God's promises are precious. Are they precious to you? Think about Peter. He's probably awaiting, you know, being beheaded by this crazed Nero Roman emperor. You think God's promises were precious to him? Can you think about how many times he may have replayed the miracles of Jesus? The moment when he walked on water and sunk? The moment that he saw Jesus transfigured on the holy mountain? The time when he said to a little girl, arise, and she woke up and she was dead? Standing at Lazarus's tomb and Jesus calling to the other side of the grave and get an answer? You know, he was, he was probably, you know, if we're talking the late 60s, he's 30 plus years removed from all of these events. How precious do you think the promises were? They're not only precious, they're magnificent. Is there anything close to the promises that you have in Scripture of eternal life, of the kingdom of heaven, of the new Jerusalem, of knowing that the one who said the curse is going to be reversed, death is going to die, he who speaks these words, he is faithful and what? True. They're precious. In fact, they're the most precious things in my life. Nothing compares. Because everything else is temporal. We can talk about, I enjoy talking about other things. I'll talk football with you. I'll talk Harley Davidson's with you. I can even talk a little bit of the stock market with you. (laughs) But in the end, nothing compares to the precious and magnificent promises that we have in Christ. And we, these precious and magnificent promises are where we get the knowledge that we need, the right knowledge, in order that by them, by the promises, you might become partakers of the divine nature. Now, does this mean that we're little gods? No. (laughs) But we are made in the image of God, and in some way, we partake of the divine nature, or some people have put it, the divine life. In what sense do I partake of the divine nature? Not that I'm divine. One God, nobody else is God. He is it. He's cornered the market on deity. Amen? Anybody who says they're a God, back away slowly, quickly. (laughs) Right? There's false gods. Satan is called the God of this age. But there's only one true God by nature, Galatians 4.8. So then how do you partake in God's nature? I think this, and here's where we need some precision. When you're born again, what happens to you? Jesus said, unless, to Nicodemus, the teacher of Israel, unless you are born again, you will what? You will not see the kingdom of heaven. And then he said, being, he talked about being born of water and what? The spirit. You got to be born again of the Holy Spirit. You can look at Titus 3 and other places. What happens when you're born again of the Holy Spirit? 
The Holy Spirit comes and what? Lives in you. And you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's how you partake of the divine nature. You don't become a God. You will never be God. You will never be a little God. But when the Holy Spirit resides in you, the divine nature you now partake of. Everybody with me? In that, God now lives in you. And by virtue of that life that is in you, the life of the Spirit, you can now manifest the things of the Spirit because the Spirit of God lives in you. Amen? And that's how you partake of that divine nature. So the promises of God are in the Holy Scriptures, Romans 1-2. He who promised is faithful, Hebrews 10-23. All the promises are yes and amen through Jesus Christ, uh, 2 Corinthians 1-20. God's promises are true, and he promised to send the Spirit, and the Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. And every time somebody opens up their heart to Christ, they're born again or literally born from above. The Spirit comes and resides in me. And tonight, if you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Have you come to recognize his voice yet? And you'll get little nudges. Sometimes you can grieve the Spirit. Sometimes you can quench the Spirit. But oftentimes you'll hear the Spirit in a still, small voice. And you learn to tune into that voice as you read the Bible, as you spend time in prayer. It's his power that works mightily within us. Ephesians 3.20. We're strengthened with power in the inner man through his spirit. Ephesians 3.16. Paul says, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. That's what we're talking about. The divine nature being a partaker of it. The divine life. His life it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me and through me. It's the power of the Spirit. Wait until you receive power from on high. Amen? Amen. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. Ever tasted that power? I've tasted it. Oftentimes when I'm preaching. And I'll go back and listen to a message that I preached and I'll say something like this. Boy, that was good. <laughs> Who is that guy? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even know where that came from. Well, wait a minute. I do know where that came from. Now, it's not always that way. Sometimes in your humanity, when you're preaching, you, you go, uh-oh, I'm not sure this is happening <laughs> right now. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, the power of the Spirit makes all the difference, doesn't it? And we have that power in us. And this is how we're going to escape the corruption of the world. Now, I'm going to give you um, a list. And I'm on limited time. Mm -hmm. But let's move into it. And here's, here's the, the thing I just want to say at the outset. This is 2 Timothy 4.10. Paul says, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. It's possible to get sucked back into the world and its ways if you don't.
if you're not diligent. Here's where we're going. Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael. I just want to share my heart for a second. We have a website called walkintruth.com and we put up a store and we're adding more and more products to it. But one of the reasons I want to get you to that store is that you can partner with us in the ministry. You know, radio airtime costs money and we want to reach more people. If you're being blessed by this ministry, one of the ways that you can partner with us is to go to the website and purchase a product. You can also purchase my book on the armor of God, I'll get you a signed copy, and whatever you give to the ministry will go directly to paying for radio airtime. That's one way you can partner with us. You can help us reach more people like you, and you can partner with us in the gospel ministry. It's a great thing. We appreciate you. We love you. Pray for us. We'll keep praying for you. Reach out to us today through the store at walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you. Paul says, Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me. It's possible to get sucked back into the world and its ways if, you don't, if you're not diligent. Here's where we're going. This is a list of how you fight the good fight, how, do you, how you work out what God is working in, how you walk in the good works that God's prepared that you should walk in them. Here's verse five. Now, for this very reason, everything that I just said, Peter would say, also applying all diligence in your faith. Faith is the foundation. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's going to start giving a list. Now, depending on how you count it, it's either seven or eight. Seven's good because it's the number of completion. Eight's good because it's the number of new beginnings. So I'll let you just decide how you want to count it. But you need to apply all diligence. Now, what does it mean to be diligent? It means that you're on the ball. If you have a diligent worker, it means they show up on time, they work hard, they do what they're supposed to do. They're diligent. Someone who's not diligent is the opposite. <laughs> not hard to figure out. In your faith, you need to do these things. There is an application. There's your part. It, yeah, you, it's the divine nature. Yes, it's the power of God. But you, in some way, must cooperate. The faucet runs... But you got to get under to take a drink. Go, 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 go. The ocean waves are coming, but you got to come up with your little cup and say, I don't know where you fill my cup today. And the Lord says, I got plenty of water. Just come on up here. <laughs> take your little cup. You'll be all right. The waves will just keep coming. It's not a matter if the grace is there. It's a matter if you will position yourself to receive the grace. Everybody with me? So if you ignore the graces, if I can put it that way, then you're going to lack power. You got to drink. You got to take in. You've got to apply diligence in your faith. Supply moral excellence. Moral excellence is a Greek word which means virtue, to excel. It can speak of fulfilling one's purpose, being endowed by God to do so. Moral excellence, living out what you believe. Notice the next thing. In your moral excellence, they seem to build on one another knowledge. Knowledge here is the word gnosis. It means close acquaintance with. The word also always implies much more than intellectual grasp of things. It includes spiritual experience. In your knowledge, self-control. If you have knowledge of God and you're growing in your relationship with God, a consequence will be self-control. Self-control, I shouldn't need to define it for you, should I? 
if you're out of control, if, you're, if you explode at the smallest of things, if you can't control your appetites, and you know what I'm saying, I'm talking about ungodly ones, then you don't have self-control. In your self-control, perseverance. Perseverance is hupomone in Greek. It basically means to hang in there with hope. Perseverance means hang in there with hope. Simple definition. And in your perseverance, godliness, godliness is godlikeness. We're supposed to imitate God, Ephesians 5.1. Godliness is eusebia in Greek, and it means God-centeredness or a God-dominated life or a more focused walk on God. In your godliness, brotherly kindness, verse 7. And in your brotherly kindness, love. Brotherly kindness is a single word, Philadelphia. It means you must be nice to your brothers. Always. <laughs> now, sometimes you're nice because you're supposed to treat your family nice. Somebody might say. But the word for love is different because it's not Philadelphia. It's agape. And love is the pinnacle it is the ultimate fruit of the Spirit. It is love that sums it all up. You know you're becoming more like God if you're loving agape style. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you. So you should love one another. By this, how many? All men will know that you are my disciples. Love one another. Check your spiritual temperature. How are you loving? Agape love is not a love that expects anything in return. It just loves. It's the ultimate fruit. And if these qualities are yours and are what? Verse 8. Increasing. Apparently, you can increase in these virtues. You can get better at them. You can be more effective at them. Then, if they're yours, if you have them, and you're growing or increasing, they render you neither useless nor what? Unfruitful. A lot of these, this is like another list of the fruit of the Spirit, just in 2 Peter instead of Galatians 5. And I don't even think it's exhaustive. If these qualities or fruits are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful. And here it is again, in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. If these seven or eight elements are yours, these characteristics or qualities of the new life, then you are going to be useful and fruitful. How do you like that? How many of you want to be useful and fruitful? Anybody want the opposite? <laughs> we need to talk later. Okay. No, I think I want to be useless and unfruitful today. I just decided. <laughs> I've had days like that. One day a week, maybe. Today, I will be totally useless and totally unfruitful. And if anybody has any questions, send me an email, because I'm not talking to anybody face-to-face -to -face today. All right, we'll give you one day in seven, maybe. <laughs> Diligence, moral excellence, not moral averageness, not morally squeaking by. Epinosis, strong, intimate knowledge of God, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. If these are yours and are, in, are increasing, you're going to be useful and fruitful. You're going to be doing some good stuff. You're going to be loving people. But <laughs> he who, verse 9, lacks these qualities is blind or short-sighted 
having forgotten his purification from his former sins. Some of you could write a name next to verse 9. Some of you could write multiple names next to verse 9 because you know people who you believe that are saved tonight, and they are verse 9. They have become blind, short-sighted, which in the Greek means spiritually they squint a lot. I'm just kidding. I don't even know if it means that. My dog, my dog is having some eye problems. And, and so she, her eyes get all messed up and she starts. And I try, we've tried to give her the drops, you know, to help the eyes. Oh, she don't like it. In fact, she's snipped at a few of us. We have to hold her snout now and try to hold her down. And she doesn't like it. <laughs> but we're trying to tell her, we're trying to help you, you silly hound. She the tail goes between the legs and she goes off running. We'll talk. We'll talk about the sedative later. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. And once he has looked at himself, he goes away and he immediately forgets what kind of person he was. Blind. Revelation 3, what is it, verse 17? You think you got it going on, but you're blind, wretched, naked, poor. There's some people that have forgotten who they are. I hope that's not you tonight. In fact, every day, I think it's good for a Christian just to take a few moments to remember who you are. Formalize that. Lord, thank you for who I am in Jesus Christ today. By faith, I know who I am. I'm putting on the full armor of God right now. I want to serve you today. Thank you for who I am in Christ. Thank you for what you've done for me. Therefore, brethren, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choosing you Make your calling and election sure, ESV, NIV, New King James. For as long as you practice these things, oh, look at that. You will what? Never stumble. As long as you practice these things, everybody should have verse 10 on their refrigerator. As long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. But here's verse 10 for our Calvinist friends. You need to make certain about his calling and choosing of you because if you're blind and you're squinting and you're not doing really well, maybe you were never chosen. Here's the problem with the Calvinist approach of this, because every elected person is supposed to persevere, so there would no, be no reason to make sure of your calling an election, because if you're elected, you are elected, and if you're not elected, you're not elected, and nothing's going to change that anyway, so why make your calling an election sure? That was just a minute overview. <laughs> anyway, just a thought. I'm not trying to be mean about it, because there's many good Calvinists out there. I don't agree with the position. But Peter seems to be saying... Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith, because if you lack these things, maybe, maybe you were never born again. That's a reasonable thing to ask. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you go to church, but that's it. Maybe you, maybe you got baptized when you were a child, but you're not born again. And if you're not born again, you're not going to produce these qualities, so you better just make sure that you're born again. And if you're not born again, get born again, because then if you're born again, you'll produce these qualities. All right, there you go. <laughs> For in this way, you make sure that you know the Lord and you're producing fruit, 11. The entrance or the future entrance, not, not just being saved and becoming a child of the kingdom, but I think this is the future time, eschatological, they would say. You're, you're, but in this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ will be abundantly supplied to you. Some will come in singed, as we've talked about in the past. You want to make an abundant entrance you want to hear well done. You want to be rewarded well. 
And so Peter says, therefore, I shall always be ready to remind you of these things. We come full circle from where we started. Even though you already know them, I'm in the reminding business and have been established in the truth which is present with you. Pastor Chris, if you come up. I have discovered something. A pastor is pretty much like a parent. We're in the reminding business. Amen? I've, I've discovered that that's pretty much my job now, is to remind folks like you who already knew pretty much everything that I just said to stay the course. How many of you need reminders? Sticky notes? Okay. Some of you write scriptures down on sticky notes. You've got a promise box. You've got scriptures that you turn to when you're tempted to go back to the world, when you're struggling with your identity in Christ, when you are not producing all the fruit you want to produce. Look, we're, we've all been there and we're probably going to be there again. But Peter's given us a formula. Would you bow with me, Father? I, I just ask for your help for all of us because this is so practical, so beautiful, so needed. Lord, we just want to surrender more to your power. You've given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. We have it all. Precious and magnificent promises. Beautiful, grand, precious promises that are sure. And we want to live in the light of them. We want to walk them out. And Lord, we've all probably been guilty, maybe even this week, maybe even today, of not living in accord with those promises. And while it is your power and it is your calling, we respond in faith to the salvation call and we have to respond to the sanctification call. We have a part to play. We need to work out what you're working in. And the people who are here tonight have come because they want to do just that. So would you bless them for that? Would you encourage them? Would you strengthen them? And I'm going to ask right now with your head and heart bowed, if you don't know that you're born again, you don't know that you know him, just make sure. Peter said, make your calling and election sure. Make sure. This is not something to toy with. Make sure you know him tonight. And it's very simple. Jesus, come into my life. Pray it if it's you. I'm a sinner, but I thank you that you died for me. You took my punishment. You took the wrath of God. And that you not only died on that cross, but you rose from the dead. And I'm going to trust you as my Lord and my Savior. Please grant me the righteousness of Jesus. Forgive my sin. I repent of it. I put my trust in you, Lord, and I want to walk with you. Let me be born again of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, for the, the believer, may you fill us all afresh with your spirit. Give us your eyes to see your heart. And I pray your blessing upon your people in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Hey folks, this is Pastor Michael, and I appreciate you listening to today's message. I want to tell you about the store at walkintruth.com. On the store, we have a brand new teaching up. It's on the occult. It's called The Dark Dangers of the Occult. And we have taught on the subject of demon possession, and we also have taught on the subject of Wicca or witchcraft. And there's more to come. And you need to know about this subject. You need to know what's going on with the occult, what the Bible says about it. It warns about it being forbidden. It warns that you should not mess with it. But there's also something else. We need to reach out to people in love with the truth of Jesus who've gotten involved in the occult. You can have access to this information, these resources to learn more and to become a more effective ambassador for Christ. It's all available at the Walk in Truth store at walkintruth.com. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com 
www.thepowerofpowerpodcast.com.